are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locks on Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day listening to who? The always wonderful host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer, so please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. For today's show, we are talking about... The D-backs weekend sweep getting swept by the New York Mets. We're going to be talking about their struggles this weekend. That's what this whole pod is going to be about. It's going to be my locker room conversation where I talk about that. Uh, we talk about some Christian Walker struggles as well, some Nick Ahmed struggles. So we're going to be talking about all that on today's pod. But first, I want to talk to you guys about Built Bar because this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account at LockedOnDyingBacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. Now, let's jump right into the conversation. D-backs lose another game. We live, baby, here on the Locker Room app. D-backs are struggling mightily. Losers of six straight games now. They lose to the Mets, the New York Mets, who are not even that good themselves. But after beating the D-backs, the Mets now move to three games above 500. But what about the D-backs record? They are now 15-19 and on the season. Losers of six straight games, 9-14 on the road, not looking too good. Terrible East Coast trip for the D-backs. The D-backs struggled mightily on this East Coast trip. They could not beat the Miami Marlins to start it off uh, with. Uh, they lost, I got the schedule pulled up right here. They lost to the Marlins, uh, not in pretty fashion. The first game, they lost three to nine then they lost zero to eight then they lost one to three so I'll say the series against the Marlins they lost mostly because of pitching even though the offense didn't come through there but in this series against the Mets feels like the offense less down more than pitching in the first game allowed five runs which is still not perfect and then four runs in the last two games back to back each I feel like four runs is probably just enough. That's probably the cutoff line for how many runs you want to give up total in your pitching staff over nine innings. Yeah, three earned runs is probably ideal, but if you can't score more than four runs, teams on average score around four and a half to five runs. So you should be scoring five runs as a team. And the D-backs couldn't even get to five runs at all the last two series. It's been... Tough for the D-backs offensively. Whoa, what is that in my ear? This is why we hate ESPN because they pull all these random videos up as you're like looking at box scores and things like that. And they just play random videos. And I don't want to hear that in my ear as I'm trying to talk baseball because it's a sad time right now. I I was hyped for the D-backs entering that Marlins series. I was like, D-backs? Two games above 500. They're about to go on a roll. They're about to potentially take back first. 
in the NL West, and none of that has happened. Instead, the D-backs are they are tumbling down a mountain right now. They are not doing anything they're supposed to be doing at the plate. Offensively, it's been a struggle uh, today. Offensively, the D-backs struggled mightily. They got uh, let's see, four hits total today compared to 11 strikeouts, which is just awful. Jacob DeGrom was cruising today. Uh, he had a little perfect game going for a little bit through the first few innings. He went five innings, one hit allowed, one earned run, three walks, six strikeouts. His ERA on the season, JT, get this, Jacob DeGrom's ERA on the season, 0.68. This guy has been phenomenal this year. He's been a stud, and the DeGrom has easily been the best pitcher in baseball this year. In fantasy, I took a pitcher first with the – I was the first player to draft a pitcher, my fourth overall pick. I took Shane Bieber. I didn't take Jacob DeGrom, and I don't I don't regret that at all. But looking back at it, Jacob DeGrom is the best pitcher in baseball right now. The dude is absolutely dealing. He did come out of this game, though, with an injury. This was his first start back after injury. So if you're a Mets fan, if you're Ryan Finkelstein of Locked On Mets, I would be a little cautious, a little wary, because you never know with those arm injuries. I'm not even sure if it was an arm injury, but anytime you see your pitcher come out with injury, I feel like baseball, when it comes to injury, it, it, it gets more scary and there's more fear surrounding these injuries than, you know, a basketball or football player. If a football player comes out or or a basketball player comes out, there's, uh, you know, a myriad of different things that can be. It could be an arm issue. could be a shoulder issue. could be a leg, a cap. But for a pitcher, it's almost always that throwing arm whenever they have an injury. It, not all the time, but a lot of time, it's usually something to relate it to their mechanics with pitching. And so they're just a uh, little – less variance when it comes to pitcher's injuries. Whenever a pitcher gets hurt, it's usually something more likely that could be serious and something that could keep them out, you know, potentially the whole year. In terms of basketball, football, you know, we see injuries all the time where it just, you know, maybe day-to-day or week-to-week where it just could be, you know, there's a lot more injuries where it could be minor for basketball or football. But for a baseball pitcher, they get hurt. It could be devastating the news that comes, especially if you have to go see Dr. James Andrews. Once you see that guy, you know your season is done but d-backs today riley smith on the mound didn't look too bad he was all right today uh, a classic riley smith start 51 pitches four innings two earned runs one walk one strikeout today uh lindor was able to get the scoring started in the third sacrifice fly and the conforto single to score the ground so uh he got into a little bit of trouble in the third inning but outside of that it was a pretty solid game from riley smith pretty clean uh toy lavello has had a short leash on him single ball pitcher trying to get you know mostly ground balls as a single ball pitcher and today let me see where oh in terms of today he got eight ground balls today so oh that's not actually ground balls excuse me he got six ground balls today compared to four fly balls the most ground balls of any pitcher on the team today which makes sense considering he pitched the furthest into the game and pretty much the bullpen was pretty good today actually uh Caleb Smith ran into some trouble but he did get into some bad luck, and the earned run actually didn't go against him. But Kevin Ginkle did give up an earned run today. Ginkle did not look too good today. Two walks, and he gave up the earned run. Uh, Ginkle struggling this year like many D-backs relievers. 4.5 ERA now. J.B. Uh looked like he was struggling, struggling a little bit too. 
And he's the one that uh, gave, he, he's the one that uh, is the reason Kevin Ginkle got that earned run because uh, J.B. Berskakis uh, walked the dude with the bases loaded to to score the run. So uh, Berskakis has looked uh, not the best either on the big league level. This was a guy who I was pretty high on and pretty hyped for as he, uh, as he, uh, as we saw him in spring training. And so far it hasn't materialized into the big leagues, but the offense today, if we just look at the lineup, Paven Smith went 0 for 3 today. Josh Rojas was solid today, got the double. And I believe Josh Rojas' double was the first extra base hits in this series. So that lets you know how bad the D-backs have been struggling. Because right now, that's the issue for this offense. They're not getting enough slugging from that lineup. To start the year, you know, before this six-game road trip, they were you know, leading the NL and run score. They were one of the biggest teams in terms of, in terms of mashers with home runs. They were a top three in home runs in the NL. And so far this series, they got a home run today from Cabrera, but we haven't seen a lot of that. We haven't seen a lot of doubles. And we know the D-backs struggle with runners in scoring position. They were able to score so many runs because they were hitting a lot of extra base hits. They were getting a lot of home runs and it was a lot of, uh, Coming through, they're going like two for 10 runners in scoring position, but they would hit a home run and score two or three runs at one time. So they were able to get a lot of runs in bunches, and they were only coming through one or two or three times in a ball game of runners in scoring position. And today, they didn't come through a lot. They were 0 for 6 with runners in scoring position today. So D-backs, no bueno in that area. But look, still able to get two runs on the board because of that home run by uh, Cabrera. He had a solo home run. And Nick Ahmed. With with uh, the bases loaded, grounded into a double play. The D-backs during this road trip have been awful with the bases loaded. So many opportunities this game that the bases loaded uh, didn't come through. Let me look at that play-by-play to see exactly how it went down uh, for you guys because it, it was pretty disgusting how uh, double – oh, my God. I almost flipped out just now because I heard an ESPN video about be played in my ear, but – the D-backs uh, have been disgusting with bases loaded The this whole series and the previous series against the Marlins. They started off with David Peralta walk, then Vote doubled, so it was second and third, and then Escobar walked, so you had bases loaded, no outs. Then Nick Ahmed grounds into a double play, that scores one. Then you had Varsho actually get a walk to make it first and third, and then Christian Walker strikes out. And just more on Christian Walker real quick, uh, he has not gotten it going so far this season. Let's pull up some of Christian Walker's numbers because Christian Walker, before the season, if you were a fantasy baseball player, this was a guy I was telling you to watch out for in your leagues uh, to be taken late into the to be taken late rounds as a potential thirty home run guy. And before we talk about Christian Walker and his numbers, we got a question in the chat by JT Shorter. I will answer that question from JT Shorter, but first, I want to talk to you guys about rockauto.com because with the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts a car will ever need in a traditional chain storefront. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto part customers online for 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. 
right? Locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code LOCKEDON. Let's get back into it. He says, what will stop this losing streak? Well, JT, the only thing that will stop this losing streak is the offense waking up. The pitching actually hasn't been a problem the last few games, at least in this series against the Mets. We know the Mets struggle offensively anyway, so the pitching actually hasn't been a problem this series. I mean, Riley Smith went was fine today, two earned runs. Uh, uh, Merrill Kelly, my hold on. Can you please stop ESPN? Like, I'm actually getting so annoyed right now. Like, it, it honestly makes me angry, uh, ESPN, auto-playing these videos when I do not want to hear them. But uh, what will stop this streak? Well, Riley Smith, as I was saying, was actually okay today when it comes to pitching. Merrill Kelly yesterday was all right, too, in terms of pitching. Merrill Kelly yesterday went five and two-thirds two earned runs. He had five walks, which is not good. Couldn't control the ball, but still six strikeouts. So up and down start for Merrill Kelly. So at least he's still only allowed two earned runs, uh, three runs total, but only two earned. And then Zach Gallen the day before that. Was it Zach Gallen uh, the day before that? Yeah, now that I'm remembering it. Uh, Zach Gallen was solid too in his start. So the starting pitching wasn't the issue. And that, that's not the reason why the D-backs was losing. The reason the D-backs have lost the last three games at least because the offense can't ever come through with runners in scoring position, whether it's bases loaded or not. The offense is struggling. So for the D-backs to get off this losing streak, they have to wake up the bats and get the offense going because when you're looking at the lineups that they're putting out right now, uh, it just uh, I see a lot of people on D-backs Twitter not in love with how Tori Lovello is setting up this lineup right now. Josh Van Meter batting third. I mean, I get it why people don't like that. It's pretty questionable. Van Meter on the season batting 145 with a OPS below 600. He has not looked good at the plate this year. Steven Vogt playing today. Steven Vogt's been solid for the D-backs this season, but Carson Kelly has been an absolute tank, and people are wondering why he's not in the lineup more. Uh, but I get it. Sometimes you have to give your catcher an off day. Nick Ahmed, I mean, he really gives you nothing offensively. How long can you keep him out there for? You got Delton Varsho at the bottom of the lineup. I'm okay with that. He's a rookie. And there's just a lot of inconsistency in this lineup right now. A lot of who's playing, who's not playing. Uh, guys going up and down the lineup. David Peralta is pretty much batting fourth every day, but outside of that, maybe we know Eduardo Espar is batting fifth or sixth, but there's a lot of inconsistency with uh, who's going to be batting where in this lineup. And maybe that's part of the reason why the offense has not been getting it going recently. Uh, just too many 
you know, just too many things uh, moving around right now in that lineup. Nothing really stable and set in place. So D-backs have to figure out this lineup. And I think they're just going to keep doing this as the season goes on. Just keep playing uh, players in different spots. Uh, keep switching out uh, the defensive positions as well. I just, I, I just think it depends who you actually have in that lineup. Because right now, Josh Van Meter is not getting it done for this D-backs team. We already saw them option Wyatt Matthewson. So maybe they should do that with a Josh Van Meter. Here are a lot of people calling for Andrew Young. So maybe we'll see more of him. I like Dalton Varsha. I like seeing him. Cattell Marte should be coming back soon. Uh, I'm not too sure how soon, but it does seem like Cattell Marte is on track to be back with the lineup soon. So, uh, so that's a very long answer to your question of what will stop this losing streak. But it's the offense finally waking up and coming through with runners in scoring position. And the bats have to wake up maybe with some more home runs. Uh, I didn't think they were ever that good with runners in scoring position at all this season. But the home runs and the extra base hits were was, uh, you know, a, a game changer was the equalizer in that. And that's kind of gone away these last few games. So got to get back to the bats because as I was talking before, one big bat in the middle of this D-backs lineup who has not been producing for the team is Christian Walker. And he's one of the keys to this D-backs offense because he's one of the best sluggers in this D-backs lineup and arguably the best. I mean, you could say him or Ketel Marte or Eduardo Escobar, but Christian Walker is in the conversation. Let's not forget Christian Walker in 2019 was 29 home run guy. And then in 2020, yes, he only had seven home runs in 2020, but seven home runs for the D-backs in 2020 was second on the team. So this was a guy who has shown great upside offensively. This was a guy who's been around 265 average the last couple of years, around a 34% OBP, uh, OPS around 800. This is a guy who can hit those extra base hits, who can uh, get the home runs and be a guy in the middle of your lineup as an RBI producer. But so far, he has not done that at all this season, batting 196, 538 OPS, only one home run for Christian Walker. And the thing with Christian Walker is he's been a dude, he's been a dude his first, you know, not his first two years, but his last two years with the D-backs. He's been a dude who's absolutely crushed pitches. It's not just in terms of home run, but just hard contact. This is a dude who mashes pitches on the regular the last two years. And that's not something we've really seen in 2019. You know what his hard hit percentage was, JT? I want you to take a guess. Put it in the chat if you want his hard hit percentage. And everyone else do this. Guess what his hard hit percentage was in 2019 when he had 29 home runs? Because that season... Christian Walker's hard hit percentage, 52.4%. So more than half the time, you were close, JT, 50%. You were close. So more than half the time, this guy, Christian Walker, was just smashing the ball. 2020, it was at 48.8%. So basically the last two years, around half the time, this dude was hitting the ball uh, more hard than on average. In 2019, average exit velocity, almost 92 miles an hour, 91.8, 90.4 in 2020. And then 2021, 86.8 miles per hour. So this guy is just not hitting the ball as hard. And you can see it in his hard hit percentage and his average exit velocity. And I'm not too sure what the reason is for that. Is he getting beat more with the fastball? Let's see if we could pull up the stat cast. Let's pull up the stack cast, good old baseball savant. See if we can figure out the the issue with Christian Walker. There's a bunch of websites you could pull up. Maybe pull up fan graphs. 
and pull up his uh, chase percentage and a whole bunch of different numbers. I'm doing this off the top, uh, you know, off off the whim, uh, checking out Christian Walker's uh, stats to see uh, what's going on with the guy to see why he's not producing as bad. Uh, let's see, Christian Walker's stat cast. His barrel percentage this year is at 2.4%. His barrel percentage at 2.4. In 2019, Christian Walker's barrel percentage was at 13.1%. That was top 10% in the league. Dropped to 6.4% in 2020. Now at 2.4%. That would be the worst of Christian Walker's career. So that is not a good uh, look for Christian Walker. And his sweet spot percentage, 28.6% this year. It was in uh, it was thirty four percent the two years prior. So hard hit percentage, average exit velocity, barrel percentage, sweet spot percentage, basically any advanced metric that leads into hard contact has gone the opposite way for Christian Walker. Anything that relates to hard contact is moving backwards for Christian Walker and. Christian Walker, let's see his splits on different pitches. Then Christian Walker this year has actually been good against a fastball, batting 300 against a fastball this year, was solid against a fastball last year, 244 against a fastball last year. Expected batting average this year of 282, 255 last year. So his fastball, he's gotten better at hitting the fastball. Uh, I don't know how significant it is, but he has gotten better at hitting the fastball. The issue with Christian Walker, we're looking at the other two pitches, he's getting killed by breaking balls this year. 32% of the pitchers he's seen this year have been breaking balls, and Christian Walker is only batting 0.053 against the breaking ball. He has one hit in 19 at-bats against the breaking ball. In 2020, he batted 324 against the breaking ball. It was his best pitch that he liked to see, the breaking ball. And this season, he's getting absolutely killed whenever he sees the breaking ball. Has not worked out for Christian Walker uh, in that area. So, Christian Walker needs to get back to hitting the breaking ball and the off-speed pitch. Uh, the off-speed pitch was something he was all right with in 2020. Uh, not good at all. 143 average against the off-speed pitch this year, 143 slugging. So really what he needs to get better at, though, is a breaking ball. The off-speed pitch is only seeing 7.6% of the time because people are throwing more breaking balls at him this season than last year because they know his struggles. So anything related to hard contact, Christian Walker has struggled and maybe some of those struggles have to do with the breaking ball. Now he's not been able to take advantage of that pitch. He wants to get that fastball. He's a fastball hitter right now, and right now pitchers are giving him the off-speed, the breaking balls, because that's they know that's what he's been struggling with. But we'll talk about that egregious call the umpire had against Eduardo Escobar, against Eduardo Escobar today. But first, I want to talk to you guys about Bilt Bar, because do you guys know there are nine delicious flavors when you talk about Bilt Bar to a fan, they're usually passionate about their faves. If you don't know Bilt Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. They got coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. So there's something for everyone. You know what my favorite flavor is? Coconut and chocolate because I think the idea combining coconut with some sweet chocolate with some sweet coconut is a hell of a combination. And... Did you know this about Bilt Bar? They're low in calorie, low in sugar, high in protein, and high in fiber. So it's great for your keto diet. And they're a great Mother's Day gift. 
So even if it's after Mother's Day, you can still send them a box of Bilt Bar. Just go to BiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BiltBar.com. All right, all right. Let's get back into it and wrap up the pod. I also want to talk about yesterday's start. Yesterday's game a little bit because this was just another game where the D-backs offense couldn't come through. Let me see. Let me pull it up. Uh, the D-backs yesterday went against, I'm not even sure. The D-backs yesterday looks like they actually went. I didn't, I'm not going to lie. I didn't get a chance to watch yesterday's game, but they went against Tommy Hunter the Mets starter, who's actually a reliever. And it looks like the Mets had to do a little bit of a committee yesterday. It looks like Joey LaCasey came in after that. It looks like they started off with a reliever. But yesterday, Merrill Kelly, as we were saying, had an up-and-down kind of game, only gave up three runs, but only two of them were earned. And the bad part for Merrill Kelly, because that's probably the good part, the positive, only two earned runs allowed. The bad part is he walked five guys but another positive he went five and two-thirds so he was able to go deep into the ball game that's at least a positive that you can say about a lot of Merrill Kelly starts this year he's gone into the six he might have not always completed the six but he's at least gone into the, into the six a few times this year and granted a couple of those times he was getting shelled but at least he was able to do that this uh, this season so far able to go deep into ball games and Merrill Kelly did give up a home run yesterday looking at the average or not even average but just looking at the total exit velocities yesterday Merrill Kelly wasn't getting hit that hard when you look at all uh, oh actually let me take that back I didn't have it assorted by uh, exit velocity yesterday now that after I sorted Merrill Kelly was actually giving up a lot of hard contact uh, two of the top three hardest hits or balls put in play yesterday was given up by Merrill Kelly and that Jeff McNeil home run that Merrill Kelly gave up was the second hardest hit ball put into play yesterday 105 and a half miles per hour off the bat yesterday when looking at the breakdowns uh, the average exit velocity off Merrill Kelly's fastball yesterday was 96.4 96.4 miles per hour, which makes sense because that home run came off that fastball and a couple other hits came off that fastball as well. So that makes sense. Only 88.5 for his changeup and his sinker was at 84.7 miles per hour, curveball at 92.6 miles per hour. So really that fastball was getting hit hard. He threw 99 pitches. He threw 45 fastballs. So Merrill Kelly was just all right yesterday. Kevin Ginkle Got He got his one out yesterday, did good in that. Chris Davinsky gave up another earned run yesterday, so no good in that area. Alex Young at least came in and pitched one inning and was effective. But looking at the offense yesterday, D-backs at least got eight hits to seven strikeouts, some more hits than strikeouts. Still only two walks, so we're uh, coming through in the walk department. Uh, but runners in scoring position, three for 10. And if you're going three for 10, that's probably what you want. That's still a 300 average. That's still uh, pretty good in baseball going three for 10. But still, even though they went three for 10, still only able to put two runs on the board. So still, uh, you know, an area of concern there. Uh, looking up and down the lineup, Carson Kelly was good yesterday, two for four. Josh Rojas was good, two for three. Christian Walker picked up one hit. Peralta went 0 for 5 yesterday. Adrubal Cabrera went 1 for 4. Escobar went 0 for 4. So a lot of these dudes have been slumping recently. Nick Ahmed 0 for 3. Nick Ahmed is another guy you could talk about. 
who's been struggling mightily this year. Uh, let's pull up a few Nick Ahmed numbers because Nick Ahmed, and I've seen a few people talk about this too as well online, about maybe the issue for the D-backs is these veterans in the lineup. And maybe the D-backs should put the youth back in the lineup because when they were cruising, it was when guys like Nick Ahmed and Christian Walker were hurt and they had all the young dudes uh, in and balling for them because Nick Ahmed is another guy who hasn't really provided much, if anything, offensively this year. He was never really known as an offensive player, too, which is kind of scary. He's 31 years old now, so he's on the wrong side of 30. I put that in quotation marks because Jacob deGrom's on the wrong side of 30 and continues to get better every season. But Nick Ahmed this year, 190 batting average, 453 OPS. He has no home runs. He's got four ribbies on the year, one stolen base, got caught stealing one time. Hard hit percentage is only at 25%. It was at 33.8% in 2020. Average exit velocity is at 86 miles per hour. It was at 88 in 2019, then 87 in 2020. So just like Christian Walker, Nick Ahmed is another guy who, when you look at some of the numbers pertaining to hard contact, uh, it's just not there for Nick Ahmed. And this is a guy who's never been an offensive player at any point of his career. I mean, last year was one of his Better offensive seasons, I guess you want to say. 2019 was probably his best. And still, even in 2019, the best offensive season from Nick Ahmed, still a 254 average, uh, 753 OPS, 19 home runs, which is cool. Uh, 82 ribbies is pretty nice, too. He led the National League in sacrifice flies, if you like that. One thing I want to do talk about from today's game is just how bad umpires have been this season because – Eduardo Espar got ejected from today's game, and it was on straight BS because I don't remember who the Mets pitcher was, but he threw Eduardo Espar pitches like for the first or second strike of the at bat. The pitch was way low, like it was at Escobar's shoes. It was so low at his shoelaces, and they called a strike. Escobar was visibly upset, but he kept. You know, kept that back going. Then he struck out. And as he was walking back to the dugout, he had some words for the ump. But it was very non-aggressive. Wasn't even looking the umpire's way. It looked like he was muttering it under his breath. And as he was walking back to the dugout, the umpire has the audacity to throw Escobar out the game because he made a bad call. And then Escobar had a few words for him. Maybe he said something out of line. But just from the body language and just watching on TV, It was very non-aggressive from Eduardo Escobar. He was walking away from the dude. He wasn't up in his face or anything, and he still got thrown out. And then you threw out Toy Lovello on top of it because he was defending Eduardo Escobar. So not a fan of the umpiring this year. Uh, Go follow TJ Matthewson on Twitter because he has a great thread going on Twitter right now about the worst calls this season of umpire just missing, you know, balls three feet off the plate and umpires calling them strikes. I have to, I have to send TJ the pitch from today because it was awful. It was way uh, against the D-backs in favor today. So I'm not a fan of the umpiring this season. I think it's been an epidemic across all sports and with the advent of technology, somehow it's been coming harder to officiate. It was actually easier to get calls, not right, but just to move the game along in the past because you just made a call and you just kept going. Now with instant replay, looking back on it, the process takes longer. And 
it, it doesn't feel like we're getting more things right. Look at the NFL. They don't know what a dang catch is in the NFL. You look at the NBA, these end of fourth quarter close games, uh, it takes like 30 minutes for the last two ma- two to three minutes of game to end because there's so many stoppages and plays. There's challenges. You got so many replays. Uh, it, it's become ridiculous. And in baseball, this umpiring, the strike zone has been – has felt like it's been wider than ever this season. And we're just done with it. We're ready for electronic umps. Stop getting the calls wrong. We want to see uh, the correct calls. So I'm all down for electronic umps. We've seen uh, different things happen in the minor league system. So hopefully that can come over to Major League Baseball. But D-backs, they played the Marlins next they get a chance for some revenge. Uh, are they? Let me see. Are they still? I believe that this is. Uh, I believe they're coming back home. Let's see. I'm in back schedule. Pull it up on Google. Google. Yep. Diamondbacks back at home tomorrow against the Fish. Hopefully they can get back on track. D back struggling mightily. This is a game they need to win. Don't want to lose seven in a row. Uh, no game is a must win this early in the season, but. For, you know, prosperity's sake in terms of happiness and, you know, staying locked in with watching this team for the rest of the season, uh, they need to start winning some of these games. So I don't fall out of favor of watching the D-backs. And with Luke Weaver on the mound tomorrow, it's going to get scary for this D-backs team because Luke Weaver has been struggling mightily this season. But that's it for this edition of the Locked On Dimebacks podcast. And remember, get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Piskowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy, and come back tomorrow for more Diamondbacks news coverage and insight. Deuces!